Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, featuring leading voices in 2020, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology, while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I am super pumped about today's guest. We have Marissa Ward from the Institute of Orgasm Meditation. In this episode, we talk about the technique behind orgasm meditation or oming. We speak about the healing properties that are paired with this practice and living life in a mindful or orgasmic state. Enjoy. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for being on the Wise Woman Podcast. Hi, happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about the Institute of of Ohm. Tell us more. So Institute of Ohm is the online platform where we teach about the practice of orgasmic meditation. And what is orgasmic meditation? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Orgasmic meditation, well, it's a wellness practice and it focuses on how to be tuned in to your body and the sensations that you're feeling, which if we're honest, isn't something that we, most of us were taught to do or were taught to, were taught is like a priority of any sort. Um, I, I know I wasn't personally, that's not what I was taught. So uh, orgasmic meditation, it's a partnered wellness practice there's a stroker and a strokey. A stroker can be a person of any gender. It's often a man, but it can be a person of any gender. And the strokey is a person with a clitoris. That is the criteria for being a strokey. And the stroker deliberately strokes the clitoris for 15 minutes, always 15 minutes, and there's absolutely no goal. So it's a totally goalless practice. You're not looking to um get anywhere or make anything happen you're not trying to climax you're you're literally just sinking in with you and your partner to feel in that 15 minutes whatever arises in your body um and you're aiming your full attention on the point of contact which is finger and clitoris incredible Abs- i i think this is a very fascinating conversation i've known of oming for a very long time. So can you walk us through what is it like to show up for a class like this step-by-step? Yeah. um, Let's see. So maybe I talk a little bit about my experience and then I can say a little bit more uh, about what it's been like to teach it. But once upon a time I was, you know, someone learning this practice for the first time and, um, Showing up for a class was nerve-wracking, to be totally honest. Um, it it kind of has, there, there's this feeling before I entered of like everything I think I know about my body and feeling and sex and pleasure is about to radically change. Like I had that, that feeling of um, <clears throat> something like this practice had the potential to teach me things that I had no idea about because you know I was 25 I was like I'm doing pretty well for myself like good job you know had a good partner at the time um 
and there was still this feeling of um how do i say it? there was still this feeling of like i think i know that more is possible but i've done all the things that you know i checked all the things on my checklist so like what's next kind of feeling like i know there's more out there but what is it and so uh if you would have asked me then you know what's my relationship like to my body or my sex or my understanding of sexuality, I would have been like, oh, you know, I've got it down, I've got it handled. Um, and the truth of the matter was there was so much for me to learn and tune into just in my own body and my own being that I wasn't even aware of before orgasmic meditation. So showing up for your first class or even just, you know, learning the practice, now we teach it all online. Um, there was a period of doing it in person and now it's mostly digital because it's most more accessible. Um, people can learn at their own pace in the comfort of their home. It has a little more uh, privacy to it. And um, for a lot of people that can be really helpful for learning something this new and something this vulnerable as well. So um yeah, it's showing up to learn this practice. You're pretty clear you have to let go of everything you think you know and be willing to just begin as a beginner and um, having the focus be on your body and aiming your attention into your body rather than what you think uh, or being in your head or trying to like do it right or figure it out is a pretty big shift. Absolutely. Showing up for anything for the first time is always nerve wracking, let alone your pants are off and you're with somebody that you've <laughs> never met before. Um, is that typically how it is? It really depends. It, it really, the, the cool thing about the practice is that the practice itself never changes, but everyone's, it, it can fit anyone in everyone's situation. Meaning um, plenty of people come into the practice with a partner Plenty of people come into the practice single. Plenty of people have come to the practice with a close friend or an ex or just someone that they, you know, know, like, and trust. Um, whether they're romantically involved or significant others, it, it's such a range, you know, like there have been people who are married for 20 plus years and haven't had sex for half of that time. And they're looking at this practice as a way to like re-engage intimately. Um, so, I don't know that there's like a typical way, but it can fit various situations and still have this practice deeply impact your life. So let's say I show up for a session, I show up alone, and what are what are the next steps? Walk me through a, a class session. Well, let's see. So now it would be like, learning about it online do you want online like the online version is online the only option now now it is yeah so you can only learn these practices online mm -hmm. okay so yes walk us through an online session okay so first you would you know look up this practice at ohm you would see institute of ohm pop up and then you we'll see right now the main way to learn to own is a really thorough, awesome um, official own guide in a PDF format. So you put in your email and the PDF is totally complimentary. So 
you download it, it gets to your inbox, and then you're literally reading about what this practice is. It's it's not really the type of thing, and th this also surprised me, but looking back at it, I'm very grateful that this is how it went. There is a lot to actually like learn about in terms of philosophy before you're just like, you know, all right, pants off, let's do this. You know, it, it, it's it's not an easy jump to make if you have no context for what the practice is. So um, this was the case when we had in-person teaching and now it's definitely the case online. But there is actually talking about the philosophy starting with, you know, how do you define orgasm? For most of us, we've had one understanding of orgasm and, you know, climax has been, you think orgasm, you're like, oh, I either can orgasm or I can't. I heard that from so many women I've worked with, like I've never had an orgasm. And then when you get down to it, they're picturing this one very singular event that not everyone's body does all the time. So it starts with redefining orgasm itself rather than looking at it as, you know, you work really hard to then get to the climax where you have a release, you can actually uh, track your experience throughout all of it. Whether, whether, not, whether you reach climax or not, you're having an experience of orgasm in your body, meaning your body is um, alive and feeling sensations. You might feel heat, you might feel tingling, you might feel swelling, you might feel really quiet, soft stillness in your body, all of that is signs of orgasm. Your body is in a state of orgasm. So that's like one of the first things that get, gets laid out when you're learning about it. And then, you know, why is it, how is this practice different from sex is another pretty big one to tackle because this was the case for me. And I think for a lot of people, you immediately start talking about genitals and your mind just goes to sex. You know, you're just like, if it involves my clitoris, it is it is a sexual act that I am involved in. Um, and I have to say, like, that's absolutely the mindset I went in with. And during my first own, nothing about it felt like sex at all. Like it, it felt it, it felt like an experience I didn't have anything to compare to or language to describe at the time. Um, but it's it's a very intimate experience between you and the other person. Um, it can feel kind of vulnerable, but mostly it just had me feel at the end of my first ohm, it was like I felt energized and awake and like I had new skin in a way where I was just like so fascinated by my body and the experience I just had, you know? And I did not feel that way after sex at that time in my life. You know, sex was a very like, you go in, you get it done, hopefully it feels good, and then, you know, it ends, and then you just hope for the least amount of awkwardness possible was a lot of huh. my sex life. Um, and so in this practice, I just had such a different experience where I was, like, I was aware, and I was, like, sensitized, and those were things that uh, felt very new to me. So that's like the second big point that gets laid out. Om is not sex. Om is totally its own practice um, that can't really be compared to anything else. You know, it has aspects of sitting meditation in it, like focusing your attention, you know, in sitting meditation, 
you focus your attention on the breath in a lot of types of meditation um, or a mantra in other types of meditation. And in orgasmic meditation, you're focusing your attention on the point of contact. So if you're the strokey, focusing your attention on the clitoris. If your attention wanders, which it will because we're human, uh, you just bring it right back to what am I feeling in my clitoris in this moment? Like, oh, I feel um, a light pulsing and I feel uh, a warmth spreading through my hips and a ting. Like you can literally track the sensation wherever it goes. And so in that way, it was similar to meditation of using my attention and tracking things. Um, and then it had this element of be, doing that, doing that while being uh, connected to this other human involved. That wasn't something I had a reference point for before Ohm. You know, it's like meditating is awesome and I do it alone. I do it every day and I love it. It's a huge practice in my life, but orgasm meditation took that and then added this element of human contact and interaction and connection. And because OM is a partnered practice, it's always done in connection. And that was a very new experience to have those two worlds merge. This absolutely sounds like a second chakra, like a mindfulness practice. I mean, everything mm -hmm. about this, I even talked to my clients about living in an orgasmic state and how there are oh, many. Cool. Yeah, there's yeah. Many different definitions <laughs> for that. that. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and there's even myths that I heard about Oming. I know it was really big in Manhattan for a very long time. Now it's really big in the Bay Area. But I was told that the stroker can really only stroke like two to three different directions. Is that true? That is accurate. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this part. It's a good question. I've never been asked something that specific, but I love it. So um, in Ohm, there are, the stroke itself is very simple. The, everything about this practice is incredibly simple. And so I think that was other, one of the other very unique things about it to me where um, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any music or a playlist. There wasn't candles or, you know, negligees. It kind of took all of the things I was used to adding into my own sex life to feel more. It took all of that off and it was just like, what are you feeling in your body in this moment? And so even the stroke itself is incredibly simple. It's an up down stroke um, and it's, it's subtle. It's, it's, you know, the clitoris is not a huge part of the body. And so it's a really subtle up down stroke. Um, it's usually uh, a lot shorter than you would picture. Like it's, it's not like long strokes up and down the entire labia, you know, it's a short stroke focused on the clitoris the directions, there's two directions, actually, there's up, down, that's it. So <laughs> up, down, up, down. And then, you know, there can be something called upstrokes, um, which is focusing most of the uh, fo focusing, oh, God, I'm sorry, I just got a call, um, focusing most of the strokes in an upward direction, but, you know, what goes up must come down. So you're going, you're emphasizing on the up and then the stroke back down to go back up is, you know, pretty short. And then downstrokes is the reverse of that. There's um, more emphasis on the down. Downstrokes can feel 
more grounding, a little more like a, a sinking in, uh, grounding kind of moving like blood or tissue like through the body. It kind of has that feeling to it. Whereas upstrokes is, it has this feeling of like expanding and climbing upward and like, you know, like your body filling up with something. And um, so those are the two types of strokes. And, you know, it's very simple in that way. And then you can have variety to the stroke, meaning you can play with speed, you can play with um, length of stroke, although it's usually a relatively short stroke, but you can play with speed, length, direction, um, firmness of the stroke. There's really light strokes where it feels like, you know, you're just grazing the clitoris. And then there are firmer strokes where you're using slightly more pressure, but still not tons of pressure because it's a very sensitive part of the body. So two types of strokes up and down, and then you can play with the speed, the pressure. Um, you can play with the location a little bit. You can ask uh, in the practice, there are offers and requests. So a stroker can make an offer. Would you like a lighter stroke? As the strokey, if you would like a lighter strokey, you say yes. If not, you say no, and they adjust accordingly. And strokies can make uh, requests. So if I say, can you move a little to the left, then the stroker will adjust the stroke slightly and move you know, very small amounts to the left. So everything is kind of like a, a very like subtle nuanced change that you're making and that's your communication cycle during the ohm and for someone who is listening to this right now and very fascinated by the conversation but might not be ready to partake in this with a partner right away is there something people can do with themselves for themselves no not in the practice itself so for engaging in the own practice, it really is always partnered. Um, and I was actually one of the people who first learned about this and, you know, took my time in a certain way where I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was very interested and knew I wanted to learn more. And I wasn't like, you know, ready to lay down in the nest with my pants off like the day I learned about it. There was a little bit of, you know, settling in time. So, that's what I love about how we're doing it online now, where you have this whole official ohm guide. I, I forget how many pages, but like it's long and it goes in depth and it has different lessons on each step of the ohm. And then even before you get into steps of the ohm, it has lessons on, you know, how do you like, how do you find a partner if you don't have a partner and how do you talk to someone you know about this practice and introduce it to them and see if they're interested in learning it with you. And, um, you know, it, it goes into all of, it really can help you build up to it. So knowing that everyone works differently and everyone, um, you know, might need various amounts of time before they're just ready to try the practice for themselves firsthand, you actually have access to all of that. And for me, just learning about it helped, uh, helped me ease into feeling ready to do it because the more I found out about like what it can offer and the benefits of it and the context around it, I went from thinking like, oh, this is, you know, a sexual practice that sounds kind of cool, but also I'm a little nervous about to, 
oh, this really is like a, a holistic mindfulness practice that involves my body, my mind, like my all parts of me are able to show up and take part in this practice. And that's when I felt, you know, really ready to try it with someone. I can see, and I've even heard how this has been really healing for both men and women, but mostly those who identify as women or those who have a clitoris, that this is mm -hmm. a practice that is very healing in terms of vulnerability and overcoming sexual trauma and intimacy with the body. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what healing occurs in these practices? Yeah, um, so for me personally, one of the biggest places of healing has been intimacy with my body where I had no, I didn't even, if you would have said like, put attention on your body, I would have looked at you like, what, what does that mean? You know, like I, it's just not, you know, not the world I come from. Um, and so I had, I, I had a body and it took me through life and it, you know, served me really well, but I had no attention on like, what it wanted wanted or needed to feel nourished. And I had no attention on like, oh, I can use what I'm feeling in my body to inform like how I'm feeling about other things or how I'm feeling emotionally. Like I, I started to build those connections because I was aware of my body. And so that was really healing for me because it had me approach most aspects of my life very differently. Like now I know to tune into my body and listen and follow and it also had me unlock like deeper access to my intuition to the intuitive part of me that I also kind of wrote off um prior to learning this practice where you know it just wasn't something that I would rely on or I, I didn't trust my intuition I probably didn't trust my intuition because I wasn't connected and intimate with my body and so that's been a huge source of healing um for a lot of the men that I've taught this practice to and have watched uh, do this practice and how it's been healing for them. I mean, in our culture, men are not given a whole lot of room to, you know, sensitize. It's, you know, for the most part, in and not in all parts of our culture, but in, in the dominant parts of our culture, it's you know, to be stoic, to not show emotion, um, to be strong. People say things like act like a man, you know, like there, there's so many like connotations that go with being a man and what that means and what that looks like. And so um, for the men who come to this practice and they have a space where 15 minutes, they're being fully encouraged to actually like tune into their body while also having attention on their partner and what's happening in the connection in the own, like they end up having, well, much stronger attention, which is awesome, you know, to focus your full attention on the clitoris for 15 minutes, focusing your full attention on anything for 15 minutes is Absolutely. a challenge. Absolutely. And so then you take something as, um, you know, uh, as high sensation as you know the physical body and a sexual part of the physical body it's like that really can build your ability to hold attention somewhere like in really profound ways and so 
um, you know, that can affect how much attention you have at work in a totally, in a place that seems unrelated to this practice you're doing. You notice you now have profound amounts of attention at work that you did not have, you know, three months before you started open. Um, so attention has been a big one for men and then a real healing around sensitivity and actually having greater access to what they're feeling in their body, which also gave them greater access to their emotions and they were able to feel you know uh feel things that for the most part most of their lives they have learned to stuff down and not feel if there's any sort of intense emotion or uh tears or a softness it's like those are things we tell men not to show and they come to this practice and for 15 minutes that's the only thing that they have to do there's no other goal but for them to sink in and feel and to actually be like connected to what they're feeling and to their partner um so that's pretty amazing and a big one has also been they're better able to handle the women in their lives handle meaning you know they're able to uh understand a woman's body better and then also just like have a better sense of how women operate how to you know i've worked with couples and the the men have reported like i actually know how to like argue well you know like in a way where we're actually like connected and intimate during during fighting it's like we're human we're gonna fight the goal isn't to not fight it's how can you stay connected no matter what and so um there's a lot of that that can happen for couples as well because you're having this deeper sense of intimacy. Um, and then in terms of, uh, yeah, I, I think there has been like endless stories of healing also on the Institute of OM website. There's actually I OM stories from, you know, real practitioners who have been doing this for various amounts of time um, anywhere from, you know, one year to 12 years, like truly people who have wow. all, right, like all lengths and times of practice. And there's beautiful stories about healing, about uh, things they've noticed, ways their life have, have changed. And so that's an awesome resource for someone who might just want to learn a little bit more about like, well, what what is the benefit and what can this practice do? And there's like over 200 something, 300 something stories of you know, everyone's different journeys of healing and um, what that looks like. Beautiful. Marissa, yeah. thank you so much. This is so interesting. Um, a lot of food for thought, a beautiful mindfulness practice to really integrate to deepen connection. If you had any wisdom to share with the women of the world, what is some of the advice you would share? Uh, that is a really good question. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I would share with the women of the world is um, to trust your body and to trust your intuition is a really big one. And then the other one, because that, that really is like a beautiful gift that we don't always see as a gift or, or want to fully trust. And then the other piece is, um, remembering that we actually hold all the power and that it may not always look that way but the the truth of the matter is as women we have immense incredible power and a lot of it is located in 
our desire in our relationship to our hunger, our appetite, our sex, and to never forget that we have that amount of power and we can put it to good use. Beautiful, Marissa. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was awesome. As always with podcasts, we want to hear from you and see what resonated with you in this episode. We need high ratings, subscribers, and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting with you next week.